And I always wanted to be the person who, who would talk the talk and walk the walk. And in learning all these different things, now it became, okay, well, if I'm going to tell people to eat you know, 100% organic food and free-range grass-fed meats and wild seafood and all this paleo uh, methodology, well, I had to do it as well. And uh, I can't be telling people, we'll go to sleep after the sundown, shortly thereafter the sundown, but I stay up, you know, too late. So again, really trying to embrace that healthy lifestyle and those truths for my patients, but certainly for myself. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. And obviously, you could tell we are coming to you from a unique location here in Phoenix, Arizona, doing a sales workshop. And we wanted to take the opportunity to grab Dr. Jack Wolfson. He's our guest today, who is by most accounts, if not all accounts, the world's leading preventative cardiologist. And wait till you hear some of his thoughts about not only cardiology, but life and business as well. So we're super blessed to have with us Dr. Jack Wilson. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Great to be here and excited to share hopefully a lot of information about preventive heart health and uh, anything else you want to talk about. Yeah, and you know, reason why this is so important is because this show is really geared towards service-based entrepreneurs. And when you are in your own business and you are cranking out and doing your thing, it's easy, as I've learned a lot from you as well, to uh, sort of begin to allow your health to take a back seat. And then what happens is something happens in life and then you get a little scared or you get worried and then you call on someone like you and then you're constantly dealing with lifestyle modifications that can go a long ways towards helping somebody prevent these types of issues. Let's start with when we're talking to our entrepreneurs of the world, what are some of the big mistakes that you see them making? Because I know they're not what people think that you're going to say. Well, you know, certainly, you know, people uh, and a lot of a lot of medical practitioners, certainly my, myself in my experience, I left a very big cardiology group. Probably a third of those people would be classified as obese. And even as we get into the natural space and maybe doctors of chiropractic, naturopathic doctors, other holistic practitioners, they, they don't really practice what they preach. We're all talking about eating the right foods. We're all talking about trying to get better sleep and get sunshine and all these other habits. And people really, again, they talk the talk and they don't walk the walk. So what I really try and enforce in practitioners, but also in my patients is really just that, is that walk the talk. And all those things that we teach our patients about, we really have to live. And I think, you know, kind of unconventional unconventional thinking like you talk about is, number one, just uh, let's talk about two things, getting appropriate amount of sleep. And number two, spending as much time outdoors and in the sun as possible. Those two simple strategies that I would encourage anyone to follow. All right, so we're going to come back full circle to these strategies, sleep, sunlight. I know you're also big on 
nutrition, food, what we're putting in our bodies. But these are not conventional pieces of advice that I'm going to hear from every cardiologist around the world. So tell me, how do we end up here? How do you end up having this perspective? It's a unique perspective, but in a, in a, lot, of, uh, in a lot of venues and a lot of areas, it is the accepted convention, and in some, in some uh, areas, not so much. How do you end up with this ideology? Well, it's uh, it's a long story that uh, I do tell in my Amazon best-selling book, The Paleocardiologist, The Natural Way to Heart Health. But I tell that story, and obviously I tell it in the beginning, to really frame the conversation of kind of what happened to me and why other cardiologists and other medical doctors don't follow this way. So from day one of medical school, we are trained in the pill and surgery model. That's all what it's about, where, again, we're talking about what drugs are we going to prescribe after we come up with this diagnosis, what tests we're going to order, what surgeries, what procedures. That's what we do. And that's the way I practiced for several years in my training. Again, I did four years of medical school, three years internal medicine, three years of cardiology. So I get into practice. I'm 31 years old. And two years into that practice, again, I'm seeing tons of patients. I mean, can you imagine on my first day as a practicing cardiologist, I saw over 60 people wow. on my first day. And when I'm a couple years into the practice and now I'm seeing a lot of people, a lot of volume, I meet this woman who is a doctor of chiropractic. And she just starts saying all this stuff to me. She's like, the pharmaceuticals are killing people. The surgeries are, 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 are harmful. You know, your whole paradigm, your whole medical system is a sham. So to begin with, you did not subscribe to the, you went to, you went to, to, to your schooling, you did your, your, your internship, you get out, you did everything residency, you subscribed to the traditional allopathic philosophy. You were in practice, you subscribe to the traditional allopathic philosophy. And then you meet this woman and everything changes. Everything changes. She tells me all this stuff, you know, again, just, you know, the pharmaceuticals are killing people. The surgeries are worthless. And she tells me this and it's like our first date. <laughs> like she just unleashes all this on me. And she's like, you have to become a DC. Oh, she wanted you to become a chiropractor. She wanted me to be a DC, not doctor of chiropractic, but doctor of cause. Okay. And okay. she said, you have to become a doctor of cause. She'd, lo she'd love for me to go with one of our children now back to, uh, to chiropractic school. And I may take her up on that. You never know. But she said, you need to become a DC doctor of cause because that's how you're going to help people. And what she said just hit me over the head like a sledgehammer because, first of all, she's gorgeous so it was like i okay, okay so I'm, I'm like okay i'll listen to anything she's gonna say <laughs> but the other thing is that what she said made perfect sense because i saw so much sickness around me and i saw sickness in my own family my father was dying in his early 60s of a rare neurologic disease similar to parkinson's so what she had to say really hit me at that perfect moment and really just Again, you know, opened up my eyes to what I needed to hear at that moment. I was not really happy in my practice, making tons of money. Again, we were seeing lots of people, lots of procedures. But what she said, again, was just a total epiphany of why the patients are failing, why my father's failing. She said, if you don't change, 
you're going to be just like your father. You're a cardiologist just like your father. You don't sleep well like your father. You don't eat well just like your father. You, uh, you know, you just, I mean, and again, just around these toxins in the hospital. The hospital is the most sickest, disgusting place in the entire world. And yet we spend so much of our lives in there working. And then, of course, these procedures that are radiation-based procedures. I'm doing angiograms and pacemakers. And I'm around all of this. And again, she opened up my eyes to it. So I quickly started to change, started to ruffle a lot of feathers, you know, in my in my group. Again, I was with the biggest group in the state of Arizona. And my my, my new philosophy may be good for patients, but it wasn't good for business. So very clear, you know, very soon after it became very clear that that practice was not going to be right for me. It took me a little bit longer to leave again because the money is so lucrative. So why don't other cardiologists think this way? Because again, the money is just, I mean, it's, it's insane and, and it's guaranteed and it's like risk-free. So every, you know, every 30 days, boom, you get this fat paycheck. Well, who's going to, who's going to leave that model again, because of the financial compensation. But it, then again, you're not willing to hear these kind of truths about becoming a doctor of cause because it's just everything you were trained against. But I love these type of stories because I want to just make sure we have super clear before our listeners because we get the ability or the the opportunity to interview people like yourself with amazing stories. But sometimes what people hear is that you had an encounter with who is now your wife and bang, you just 180 after a dinner. It took a, some time. So you're, you went back to your practice. You still, and it, and it was a challenge because it was lucrative. So you even had to reconcile that mentally, right? How am I just kind of just up and leave and become this natural cardiologist? So you had to go through that evolution. Once you had made it out, so to speak, what did, what did that look like? How did you begin to, because you have some very particular um, philosophies, ideologies, uh, treatment protocols that you subscribe to, how did these get developed? Well, you know, I, as soon as I kind of, you know, met her and again, the, the subsequent kind of, you know, few months after that, my mind was so opened to it. So I started to just read so many books and then talking to other holistic doctors and, and really just trying to engross myself as much as I could in that information, but then also the lifestyle. And I always wanted to be the person who, who would talk the talk and walk the walk. And in learning all these different things, now it became, okay, well, if I'm gonna tell people to eat you know, 100% organic food and free range grass-fed meats and wild seafood and all this paleo, uh, a methodology, well, I had to do it as well. And uh, I can't be telling people, we'll go to sleep after the sundown, shortly thereafter the sundown, but I stay up, you know, too late. So again, really trying to embrace that healthy lifestyle and those truths for my patients, but certainly for myself, again, because it was very empowering to me where it's like, okay, you know, we're getting, uh, we're getting married, we're going to have a family. And if you want to be around, then you better make these changes. If you want to be dead like your father at 63, you know, well then, you know, good luck. So you review a lot of different options. You study up on the material. You end up choosing this paleolithic lifestyle, paleolithic lifestyle. Why that of all things? Why people like, you 
could do Atkins. You could have gone uh, South Beach diet. You could have gone with all these different lifestyle. Why is that the best? Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Atkins because you know, kind of uh, one of my limited exposures to nutrition uh, happened when I was at the meetings of the American College of Cardiology back in the year two thousand. And again, I wasn't holistic or natural at that time. I just happened to be at this, the biggest cardiology meetings in the world. And again, we get no training in nutrition. We get no training in prevention, no training in becoming a doctor, a cause. It's all about pills and surgeries. So I'm at this meeting and I do see the late Robert Adkins and he's debating Dean Ornish. So Adkins is the high fat guy and Ornish is the high carb, you know, low fat guy. And these guys hated each other. <laughs> but I walked out of there saying, you know what, this really makes sense what Adkins have is having to say. And then as I started reading more books after meeting Heather, well, then it was a matter of the this paleolithic concept about, hey, if it worked for our ancestors for millions of years, maybe it'll work for us. And again, when you start to get into the literature of people who have PhDs in these ideas, you know, paleontologists, anthropologists, even some amount, you know, of archaeology would take into account there. But then you just go back to the, the common sense. Like these are the foods we've been eating for millions of years. These are the foods or this is the lifestyle we've had for millions of years. And if we can really do that kind of stuff we're going to solve so many so many health problems and so many of those ideas are free and again they make perfect common sense we shouldn't have to argue about what the best diet is when we know what people did we don't have to say well you know what i came up with this new concept and it's called the helium solution and from now on i'm going to breathe helium instead of air and oxygen. I mean, you would laugh at that person. So we come up with all these newfangled ideas about nutrition when, again, we should just do what's worked for so many years. Well, tell me then what is, let's, let's look at just the nutrition side of things. Because sometimes when we say, like, you meet somebody and they're like, you know, I try to eat paleo. We don't, what does that, one, really mean? Two, is that hard? Because I think that one of the obstacles for a lot of people is like, well, that's, I can't do that. It's too hard. Well, you know, certainly we, we, everyone's <laughs> people tend to be pretty full of excuses. And, uh, you know, listen, in our 21st century world, it's, it is a little bit more difficult in the sense that it's easy to get fast food, you know, fast food. Uh, it's easy to, you know, just go out for dinner without doing the, the, the checks and, you know, and balances of what they're going to be serving at that restaurant. You know, you travel a lot, you know, and, and I travel, you know, as well. And, what do we do when we're traveling? So there's a lot of things that go into it, uh, you know. But again, if we are really making an effort, it's doable. Uh, certainly, I would say if I could do it, then anybody could do it. Like I'm a Chicago guy, deep dish pizza, Italian beef sandwiches, hot dogs. You know, the, I mean. So if I can make that change, and all my, you know friends that are out there and people that knew me again growing up and in high school and undergrad and they're like oh jack was you know was such an amazing guy and he was the life of the party and he did all this stuff and then he met his you know chiropractic wife and he went off the deep end <laughs> and there's a lot of medical doctors that i that i know very well that say the same thing they're you know again jack wolfson one of uh, phoenix arizona's top doctors in in 2011 according to phoenix magazine my peers voted me as one of the best cardiologists and again anybody would say wolfson was an amazing cardiologist and then he met his wife and he went off the deep end well for that matter i think it does provide me as kind of having that ability to 
really see both sides. Again, this is the medical side, this is the holistic side. Here's where I choose to practice, you know, whenever possible. But, uh, you know, again, back to that nutrition story, what I tell people, if they can make two changes based on our conversation right now without getting totally in the weeds, number one, always eat organic food to get all the chemicals and pesticides and crap out of our food, the artificial stuff out of our food. And then look at, uh, look at going gluten-free as well. Gluten is a nasty protein found in wheat, barley, and rye, makes things gluey and sticky, uh, does a lot of damage, and it's pretty easy to avoid it as well. And I struggle with this. I've texted you before because I tried, you know, I had conversations with you and I go, I want to eat all organic food. That's even, I mean, it's not impossible, but sometimes you're reading labels or you're looking at the way I sent you something. I was like, is this organic? Because natural does not mean organic. Because it's all natural doesn't, does not mean. So you're saying eat organic food. And here's the thing you had a great, and I love this point. I tell people this all the time. Yes, it is slightly more expensive to eat all organic, but for everybody that's watching, you hopefully are an entrepreneur, you are building your business, you want to be healthy and live your best life. And also look, it's it's a value, right? What is the, so when we talk about organic, the pesticides and stuff, as well as the gluten, what are the cardio, cardio, cardiological implications of those things? What am I gonna see if I don't follow the rules? Well, you know, once again, is that um, these these foods that are non-paleo foods, like are, are again, pesticides, herbicides, all these are these artificial things. They are foreign to our body, so our body looks at these things coming in and just. I guess, freaks out for lack of a better word. Now we can measure that as blood markers like inflammation, oxidative stress and whatnot to be able to show people, hey, this is what the damage is going on in your body. And these are the steps we're going to use to be able to reverse that inflammation, reverse that damage that's going on. And that can obviously lead people to have less of a risk of high blood pressure, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, but also make people feel better. And if we're talking about how someone becomes more successful in all facets of their life and health may be one of them, but it may be with the relationships. It may be, it may be, you know, financially when you are running on all cylinders, when you're feeding the body, what it needs, well, obviously everything gets better. Your thought processes get better. Your mental clarity, you know, gets better. Your relationships get better. Uh, again, your ability just to be better at everything when you put the good stuff into your body, it's, it's, it, but it's often neglected by so many people. And, you know, I used to work with cardiologists and they're like, oh, I only slept, you know, two hours last night and I'm fine. I just had a stack of pancakes and three pots of coffee and I'm ready to go. But those are the people, I mean, they're struggling in so many ways. And, and again, we, I think we can achieve so much by going back to those basic common sense things. So another basic common sense thing you said at the beginning was sleep. And you said sleep shortly after the sun goes down. Tell me about why is that so important? And for everybody that's watching, that's like, I'm an entrepreneur. I stay up till three o'clock. Why is that not a good idea? Well, you know, once again, uh, there, there's, there's a good friend of mine, a cardiologist uh, by the name of Joel Kahn, and he wrote a book called, uh, one of the many books he wrote, it's called Dead Executives Don't Get Bonuses. So... Uh, you know, you can work yourself to death and then you're going to be dead. And it doesn't matter how much money you accumulate and how many toys, unless, again, your errors, you know, will be will be uh, happy for your endeavors. But I'm sure they would rather have their loved one around like yourself. Um, you know, so once again, 
um, uh, you know, just by just by following these basic you know tenants and and following these basic lifestyle premises, I think you know people can do can do so so well uh, when they are are living that healthy lifestyle. They're going to get the best results, and it's it's really it's doable and achievable for anybody. So wherever I live, sun goes down. How, or should I just go to bed then, or shortly? Like, what 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 am I aiming for here? Yeah. So I, I guess when it comes to uh, sleep, is that you know you you want to get to sleep shortly after the sundown because that's what our ancestors did for millions of years. Now all these people that stay up late at night, now they're awake at night. They are tend to you know they tend to eat lousy foods when they stay up so late. They, you know, you're not looking for a broccoli salad or just like a plain <laughs> burger patty. You're looking for carbs, you're looking for sugar, maybe it's alcohol is your thing. I guess it's often been said, you know, nothing happens, you know, good after midnight and, and whatnot. And, and that may be true, you know, for that, you know, for that, you know, answer and that and for that reason. So we try and get people again to to go to bed earlier. And maybe it's not eight o'clock, eight thirty, you know, right after sundown. But again, whatever time you're going to bed, try and make it an hour earlier, two hours earlier, be moving towards that. Me personally, I get my best work done in the morning. So if I go to sleep at 8.39 p.m., I tend to wake up at 5, 5.30, and then I have a, a good hour of time maybe to do whatever I choose to do. And maybe it's working, maybe it's exercising, maybe someone's interested in yoga or meditation, you know, during during those early hours. Um, but uh the the data is very clear certainly about sleep duration the the shorter sleep you get like seven hours or less markedly increases your risk of heart attack stroke cancer diabetes dying early you know so again we want to get people to number one get that duration of sleep but we are naturally programmed when that sun goes down, we are naturally programmed to go to sleep. Things like melatonin spike. Everybody knows melatonin is beneficial for so many different things, but the answer is not melatonin supplements. The answer is sleep. But you, but you also have told me that blue light, because we're on our devices or watching television or on our computers, that is detrimental to that melatonin release. And so even though the sun went down, we can in some way sort of trick our bodies through this blue light that that can just throw everything all out of whack. Right. And so you recommend the the blue blocking glasses as a as a evening addition to what we're doing, but not all the time, right? No. So so the the idea, you know, behind blue light again is that when you look at the when you look at the sun or you're outside and you see the sun's light or even firelight or some kind of natural candlelight, it is emitting all spectrum of the wavelength all visible colors are actually in there so you're seeing the greens and the yellows and the blues and you're seeing it all technology was developed in a different way maybe uh for sinister purposes uh actually to make us addicted to the technology to maybe make us sick to therefore sell us certain things and again maybe to sell us uh, pharmaceuticals maybe it's to sell us uh, uh, frosted flakes or whatever it may be. Uh, it's, it's to sell us other things, but it's to keep us addicted to that device, awake and watching that device. So again, they can sell us advertising on that device. So that high peak of blue light, it is very uh, uh, well recognized and easily 
interpreted by the back of the eye called the retina. Now you cycle back to the brain and you go up and down the spine and back up to the pineal gland and that shuts off the melatonin production. And melatonin is that master hormone that controls everything. It controls all your other hormones. It's like the satellite up in the sky that controls all activity down here on earth, you know, where again, where it's uh, uh, essentially again, the, the mechanism of how that melatonin works, it's released and it talks to the thyroid, it talks to the sex hormones, it talks to the adrenals, it just, it talks to everything. And if we mess it up by staying up too late and too often, maybe once in a while, it's probably not that big of a deal. Uh, but again, when we're in this habit of always being in the artificial light, LEDs, halogen bulbs, uh, fluorescent, it's a problem. And again, most people just, they've never been told that. Who would ever mention that? They're not going to hear it from their doctor. They're not going to hear it on mainstream media. So it's up to us and other, you know, holistic, you know, practitioners or even, you know, mommy bloggers that are into this stuff. And, and But it's all there in the medical literature. But again, that's not the medical literature that people like me are trained to read. Historically, we're just interested in, again, new pills, new surgeries. How can we make more revenue uh, as, as a practitioner? And that's... Um, you know, again, it's a it's a common, uh, you know, uh, misconception again that even well, you know, cardiologists and radiologists and neurologists, you know, again, it's it's not a money factor for them. It is a business. It, that's a whole other podcast to talk about that. The business of cardiology. It's crazy. And then you mentioned sun. So when the sun goes down, I need to go to sleep. But then when the sun comes up, you're saying it's important that I get out. Like in a line, I know a lot of people, the sun comes up means they work. But, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, people are working from home. Very few people are going outside. You're saying that this is also detrimental as well. That So not only do we need to go to sleep when the sun goes down, we need to get out into the sun when the sun comes up. Why is that so important? Well, you know, again, our ancestors, they went to sleep with the sun down. They awoke before the sunrise. They watched the sunrise and then they were in and out of the sun all day long. All life is outside in the sun, all plants, all animals, everything is out there in the light. It is only the human that sits inside all day long. And we're the ones that suffer so much sickness, so much chronic disease uh, that people have. And again, it's, it's not even a debate of, well, you know, this doctor said that the sun is bad and this doctor said that the sun is good. It's Again, it's just the common sense of how people have lived and all life on earth lives outside. Uh, we do know that people that get the most amount of sunshine, they, they live the longest. They have the lowest risk of heart attack, lowest risk of stroke, cancer, you name it. Uh, and again, it's the ability of the sun to create things like vitamin D. All science says people with the highest levels of vitamin D have the lowest risk of everything. Where do you get vitamin D from? You don't get it from a pill bottle. You get it from the sun. People that live far away from the equator, so they live in the far, far northern latitudes, southern latitudes, they suffer the most amount of sickness. A lot of autoimmune disease. 
uh, uh, heart attack, stroke, cancer, you know, you name it. And when I speak to people that come to see me from all over the world, or we're you know meeting virtually now, and they're like, "Well, what do I do?" You keep talking about sunshine, and you know, I I live in I live in Canada, I live in New York, I live in Minnesota, my hometown of Chicago. I see a lot of people from Portland, Seattle, and they're like, "It's not sunny here." I'm like, "I know. That's why we're having this conversation." And you know, what do I do? And I'm like, "Well, move." You know, move. I mean, just like leave, you know, leave those locations. Like, well, I can't do that. So so what do I do? Okay, well, then take a lot of vacations. Take vacations to where it's sunny. Uh, for every five to seven weeks, you're in that kind of cold, dreary, dark environment where you're not getting adequate sunshine. You're not making the vitamin D. Then take five to seven days and go to those locations where you're going to get that kind of sun. If you can't do that for a variety of reasons, then I think there's things like sun lamps that have a lot of benefit. Let me interject real quick to say that sunburn is bad, sunshine is good. Mm -hmm. So when we were in high school or an undergrad and went down to Miami and got fried for spring break, that was bad. But smart sunshine is really what the key is. And then the other you know, quick tip for those people, even instead of taking supplemental vitamin D, would be to eat a lot of animal products, but most specifically seafood. Because animals, again, they're making all that vitamin D, it gets into their meat, and then we get the benefit of that. So that's another strategy. Entrepreneurs working hard, what are some common things that you're seeing, especially in sort of that younger demographic, people that end up reaching out to you? What, what's going on with them? Hypertension, what kind of things are they, are they suffering from when they reach out to you? Well, you know, a lot of people, uh, again, they reach out to me for something like palpitations. They feel like their heart's racing, their heart's skipping, uh, and, and they're struggling with that because a lot of times high blood pressure, you know, that's one of those, you know, it's like that in diabetes, it's often called like the silent killer because you feel fine until you're dead, for example. But palpitations, racing heart again, flip-flops, all that kind of stuff, that uh, that's you know that's certainly very common for people to struggle with, and the other would be just intermittent chest pains that people have. But I think you know to your point, is that when you are living this un unhealthy lifestyle, when again you are not eating the right foods, not getting the sleep, not getting the sun, not getting physical activity, you're around all of these different toxins, whether they're in the food or there are toxins that are in your clothing, in your furniture, in your carpet, on your mattress. You know, the, the, let's say this, newborn babies, according to the Environmental Working Group, they study the cord blood of these newborn babies. Over 200 chemicals are found in newborn babies' blood. Polar bears are full of plastic metabolites. Again, so the whole you know, earth is polluted in that sense. And I hate to sound nihilistic and fatalistic about it, but again, it's a, it's a point of if people try and excommunicate those poisons as much as they can, uh, again, they're going to achieve the best health results. And again, get rid of things like palpitations, get rid of the high blood pressure, get rid of the diabetes, get rid of just feeling like crap. So people that have some sort of an issue, they contact you. What you're saying is basically... This is the starting point. Let's look at your lifestyle. Let's get that cleaned up. And then we go from there. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, it's, um, you know, as much as as much as I'm learning from you about how to get my message out there to the world. And as anxious as I am to learn everything as fast as possible, you know, kind of like, a, you know, like Neo in the Matrix, just like plug all this information in. Um, it, it took me it took me a lot of time, obviously, to understand these different concepts. And then, of course, to apply them to my life, you know, so again, you know, one day at a time and just you know, as I pointed out to you, you know, we just, we want to focus on, on these certain things and start from there before we start getting maybe into like a deeper stuff, you know, like wearing the blue blocker glasses and things like that. Oh, I'm getting the blue blocker glasses. I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, you know, and, and the idea of the blue blocker glasses, once again, is that those are glasses with orange lenses. So that orange lens filters out that excess blue light. So it makes it more natural when you are in front of a device. And as you pointed out, it's not something you want to do all the time. So you can stay up until two in the morning. Uh, but there probably is some benefit to that. But these are all kind of like some of these like super hacking tips of what people can do. But 90%, I think of of your recovery of your health is really again with these basics, just getting better sleep, getting outside, mental health and wellness, of course, is so important, you know, getting getting rid of toxic relationships is is very important i talk about that chapter five of my book is called well is is titled uh one nation under prozac and i say that obviously in jest because the answer of course is not prozac uh that's that's very well proven but the answer is to find this happiness in your life find the happy in your life because this mental sickness anger stress fear, anxiety, depression, social isolation, which now, of course, is an all-time high, those are all linked to a markedly higher risk of all cardiac disease. Mm. But again, it's just not something that the conventional cardiologist is talking about. But yet so many people are suffering uh, heart disease needlessly because, again, they're just not taking these basic steps. What I love about you is that you are in the business of being well, not the business of being sick. You mentioned that you have a, an Amazon best-selling book. What's the name of the book and how do people acquire it? So uh, the book's called The Paleo Cardiologist, The Natural Way to Heart Health. It's not just about nutrition. Again, it's about living that whole lifestyle. Uh, we offer the book for free. All you do is pay shipping and handling. You go to freeheartbook.com and that's where people can get it. I think, listen, you know, I, I love to promote this a lot, especially around holiday time. Because as you're thinking about what to get for someone for for Christmas or for a birthday or Mother's Day or Father's Day, I think, of course, giving the gift of health, giving the gift of information uh, to people is is really something mm. that's much more important than a lot of times we told people, you, know, you know, a tie <laughs> or back in the way, right, certainly people gave like cartons of cigarettes back in well, the day, yeah, right? Yeah. People would, you know, give a bottle of alcohol, like give that gift of, of health and wellness. I think that goes a big way. Freeheartbook.com. Yes. And then from there, you get your copy of the book. All you have to do is pay shipping and handling. Then you will be introduced to the whole world of Dr. Jack Wolfson. You have a couple other websites that I want you to mention for people that are kind of the do-it-yourselfers. You have tons of information available for people to get started on this. Where can they find more information about you? So uh, we started a website uh, a couple years ago called Natural Heart Doctor. And on Natural Heart Doctor, 
uh, com. You'll find a lot of information on there and certain uh, courses that we've done. So I love to work with people, per, you know, in person, you know, myself, or we do virtual consultations. I've got a great team around me. I've got other doctors. I've got health coaches. So really something kind of, you know, for everybody. Uh, involved. And then most recently, I launched a line of coffee. And the coffee story is, again, it's a, it's a, it's a long-sorted story, but Cardiology Coffee is the website. And we found the best quality coffee in the world because coffee, when you do the research, it's actually very beneficial for kind of all health facets. If you're not a coffee drinker or you don't feel well on coffee, then I probably wouldn't drink coffee or caffeine. But actually what we do on the website is that we talk about the overall health benefits of coffee, but certainly cardiology related. So well, because, excited because about that. Just to reiterate what we just talked about, not all coffee is good because it's not not of it not all of it's organic a lot of it has a bunch of other stuff in there and so you think like you see oh a cup of coffee is good and then you're drinking just like you see all these reports one glass of wine a day but then you're drinking basically uh, a glass of pesticides and then we've defeated all of the positive benefits so that's why cardiologycoffee.com is so important because your product is all organic and healthy yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, 94% of the coffee around the world is non-organic, which means it is sprayed with pesticides and chemicals. Uh, you know, the other thing is that mold is a serious, serious uh, uh, problem. And if you're a practitioner who's listening to this and you can't figure out somebody, please look into mold mycotoxicity because mold mycotoxins that people live with and how they get into the body and cause such damage is really, really a problem. And coffee is a major source of that. So about 50% of coffee is contaminated, for example, with, uh, uh, with okra toxin. And okra toxin, again, is linked to all things health-related that are nasty. So again, we found the best organic source of coffee, high antioxidants, no mold, tested for metals, tested for pesticides. Even though it's organic, I went through third-party testing and that was uh, tremendous and then one thing we did is that we teamed up with an organization called friends of honduran children and friends of honduran children we donate five percent of all sales back to that organization which again i vetted out that organization to make sure they were congruent with the stuff that that we do and they are promoting a healthy lifestyle and healthy existence for the honduran children in alignment with the stuff that we do and one of my passions you know certainly will be to take a group of doctors down down there. We'll take some medical doctors. We'll take some doctors of chiropractic. We'll go down there. We'll make a big impact in the community. And I'm excited, you know, for that as well. Super awesome. Thank you so much. Cardiologycoffee.com, freeheartbook.com, drjackwolfson.com. Is this? Uh, well, you can go to naturalheartdoctor.com. Natural doctor. I, uh, I think Natural I have the URL, doctor. Uh, Dr. We Jack Wolfson, yet. but I'll see if we get it uh, okay. redirected to, to one of those locations. So. Get your copy of the book. That's the starting, that's the gateway. Start to explore this. Listen, I can't tell you how many times just being around you, I've seen people come up to you and I got to tell you about Timmy and Timmy's having this problem. And I got to tell you, there's so many people that are having issues that who knows, maybe could have been prevented if we would have been more preventative from the beginning. And it's not that complicated. Eat the right stuff. Make sure you get your sleep. Make sure you get your sun. That's your starting point. If beyond that, you're still having some issues, then jump into Dr. Jack Wolfson's world. He'd be happy to help you. He does virtual consults. He'll help you to get you on the right, right track and right path without just pumping tons 
of drugs and pharmaceuticals into you. You got to check it out. It's a wonderful, wonderful option for you. And not only that, this is a man who stands for something. And I think that the entire world um, can really appreciate someone that has something that they stand for. It's easy to do business with people that have a strong stand. And you are one of those people. Thank you so much for joining us here on the None of Your Business podcast. We'll be back again next week with a brand new episode.